So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on merchandise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the man of the hour. Please welcome the bag and boarded, Mr. Jeremy Corp. Hey, how you doing? What's up, dude? What kind of name is Corp, other than like a military rank? I have no idea. Really? I've, yeah, they're, uh, where do, I've heard a couple where, of varying different things, but I don't know how much of it's true. Where do your people hail from? Ireland, mostly. Ireland. So you think it was shortened from like Mick Corp? Uh, one version of it that I heard from my grandmother was that it was originally, had an NC at the beginning and it was pronounced McCurp. Wow, so I, I was being racist, but I was being factual. See, sometimes stereotypes are real. Uh, again, uh, for the people listening who don't know what the fuck is going on, this is a, um, Experts of Everything and Nothing episode, a show in which, uh, I put out a list of subjects I, I was passionate about to the internet and some fine folks were cool enough to respond and say they wanted to chat for a little bit. And today is, uh... David Lynch's and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks, and uh, Jeremy was kind enough to volunteer his expert services to the cause. So you are a Twin Peaks expert, dude? I'd like to think so. Right on. Good, because you will carry this fucking episode. Now, <laughs> after reading the Wikipedia entry again. Now, um, let's get into you a little bit first, where you come from, what your deal is. You're calling, you're, I'm speaking to you uh, from Chicago, is it? Uh, Springfield, actually. Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, Illinois. Home of the, I have no fucking clue. The Horseshoe and Abraham Lincoln. The Horseshoe? What do you mean? Oh, like the actual Horseshoe? No, 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 like the, uh, the, the food. It's a, it's an, it's an entree. Okay, see, I was confused on, on two levels. First, I thought there was some kind of like monument slash landmark called the Horseshoe <laughs> I didn't know about. And then I thought you meant that's where they actually invented horseshoes. And I was like, I, I, I would, I would hope to think that horseshoes in, existed like when the Mongols were riding them over the mountains and shit, just for the horse's feet's sake. So no. no, no, and they probably they probably did. Now, like a, back in the fifties, there was a sandwich created here at a hotel that's kind of stuck around that no one's heard about outside of Springfield. It's a regional thing, right? On what and what is in this sandwich? Um, it is bread. Uh, the bread start, on the, the cornerstone of any sandwich. Exactly, and then meat meat piled on top of that. Okay. And then on top of that is a pile of fries, and oh. then the whole thing is covered in cheese sauce. 
All right, so it's bottom layer bread, uh, various kinds of meat, whatever you want on it. Basically. Okay. French fries. fries cheese sauce. Thumped in cheese. You eat it with a fork? Yes, knife and fork. How does the bread incorporate it? Is it crusty? Uh, if you do it right. It should be crunchy, right? Because otherwise... It should. It, sh- it should be, uh, you know, grilled, so it's slightly crispy, but not necessarily toasted. Right on. Dude, I called you up to talk about Twin Peaks. I'm learning something new about fucking hot cuisine. <laughs> Very cool, man. Um, What do you do? Would you mind asking what you do for a living, sir? What's your deal? What do you do, man? <laughs> Most of the time, I'm a husband and a father, and for 45 hours a week, I am a medical records specialist. How many hours in the week do you have that most of the time you're a husband and a father? Do you <laughs> do you have like a 200-hour a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I give a little extra time. You have a flux capacitor over there? Uh, very cool, man. So you're a husband, you're, you're a father, um, and I, I pre- definitely appreciate you uh, taking the time out from a real life to talk about fucking a TV show with a guy on the internet you've never met, so... No, no, no problem, man. I love the show, and I don't get a lot of opportunity to talk about my uh, my hobbies. Right on, and I'm glad, and that's so cool. Twin Peaks is a hobby. Now, let me go into my history a little bit first, because you're going to be doing the the bulk of the Twin Peaks talking, I'm sure. But um, I uh, how old are you, by the way? Uh, thirty two. Thirty two. All right, I'm twenty seven. I think. Wait, yes, twenty. Yeah, I think twenty seven sounds right. Either twenty seven or any twenty eight. I'm going to go with the. I'm going to lean low on this one. So twenty seven. Uh, Sounds good. Twin Peaks aired in 91, was it, or 1990? Uh, premiered in uh, 90. 90, okay, so I was only six years old. I had no fucking clue what Twin Peaks was. I remember, but I definitely knew the name of the show Twin Peaks. Uh, my entire life, if you said Twin Peaks, I would go, okay, that's a TV show. I think I used to confuse it with Northern Exposure, because in my mind... Twin Peaks always conjured up like snowy mountains. So I, I, right. I had no fucking clue what the show was. And no one ever exposed it to me. My parents didn't watch it when it was on. So my first, uh, twin, my Twin Peaks introduction happened quickly. I was living in Vermont. I was like 19 at the time. So this was only in maybe 2004. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, Andy's wife had, had, I was borrowing DVDs one week. I was fucking like chilling out at home, not leaving. And I, I was on a movie kick, so I went over to my friend's house and I was like raiding their cabinet for stuff I'd never seen. And she had, uh, before it came out, she had a European box set of Twin Peaks. Before the DVD came out, was that on DVD or VHS? It was, it was a DVD. It was a it bootleg. Was, okay. It was a bootleg, and it had the European pilot on it as well. Yeah, I got that. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so. I, I saw that on her shelf and I was like, all right, Twin Peaks, I've heard of that. What is that? And she grabbed me, Devin, uh, Devin, I'll give her a shout out. She just grabbed me. She was like, dude, take this, take this, take, she give me season one, season two, fire walk with me. She was like, go back to your apartment and don't talk to me until you're done with all of this. <laughs> I went back That's to my apartment. I watched it all in one sitting and at the end of it, I was like, all right. I, I walked back to her. I hugged her and, and I went back to my room to think about it. It's, it was, um, that, that first season at least is definitely my favorite, uh, Live action television show of all time. Really? Wow. Okay. I'm gonna go as far as limit to say that I love Twin Peaks, dude. I mean, and I love a lot of things. That being said, um, maybe I should refine that. Live action drama. Let's put it that way. Okay. Because okay. I was just, I was already going like Monty Python or Twin Peaks. I can't fucking make that choice. <laughs> but like, I like Oz. I like Carnival. I like The Wire. But there's, n- there's nothing to me. The most perfect that medium has ever gotten in that genre is Twin Peaks. It's so fucking different and unique, and you don't know why you like it, and I still kind of can't... Like, 
even watching clips uh, preparing for our episode, I was like, I really love this show this much, and I have no fucking clue why. It's just people crying. <laughs> it's just people yeah, crying Peaks. very loudly. Twin Peaks really kind of signifies a big shift in American television. That first season kind of um, began where we started to take drama more seriously in American TV. But on the other side of the coin, I think by the end of the second season of Twin Peaks, it kind of put the death nail into seeing anything interesting on Netflix. Yes, TV. because it got it, it got a little too interesting, and we'll definitely we'll definitely get to that. Uh, yeah, all that Black Lodge fun, which I don't mind. I don't even mind. It's the middle of the season, which is the weird fucking bad part. No, no, no. For, as a whole, I think season two is okay. I, I like the wrap up. I like the early stuff. I like all the um, Wyndham Earl stuff for the most part. It's the it's the alien stuff and the Annie stuff. We'll get to that though. But so, we will, we will. yeah. So, but for me, Twin Peaks was always and ever since I saw it, I I really haven't seen. And maybe it is only because I it is really only a season of television. You know what I mean? Even British shows do. And and we could say two seasons, but when I rewatch it, I don't really delve into it um it really feels like it's all one thing totally british shows typically do two series and a christmas special so that's three this is the only i think standalone one season perfect like they they shot it out of the park they 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 finished up their laura story and if they had walked out gracefully it would have definitely been in my mind the best the best thing on on network drama in, in that you know what i mean yeah without that if they would have skipped that lull right in the middle of the second season I think absolutely so. They, it would have probably continued on. It could have rolled on, and I mean, and and for folks who don't know about Twin Peaks and are listening to this episode, a you should probably watch Twin Peaks. I'm a fan of it. Uh, but we'll, I'll try to fill you in a little bit in layman's terms. Twin Peaks is a um a TV show. Uh, how would you best sum it up, dude? You being the expert, to give someone's never heard of Twin Peaks, pitch it to them. Um, you know, I've been asked that question so many times, and I and I can't do it because. <laughs> Just by explaining too much, you're going to sort of ruin it. Absolutely, and we're and I should say we're going to get into heavy spoiler territory here. You folks have had, I'm really bad yeah, at math. Uh, if you have not 21 show, years to fucking catch see. up, yeah. So yeah, you might want to get funny. on that. That's that's funny doing a spoiler alert for a, a 22 year old show. Yeah, but so. you, you got to though, dude. Like I was going to say, oh, yeah. I was going to say, um. Uh, I was trying to explain it to my mom this morning because I was told her I was doing an episode. She was like, I've heard of the show, but she didn't know what it was per, per se. And I said, it's basically uh, prom cream washes up dead on a beach in a small town. Uh, FBI agents are called in to investigate for some reason. And it basically is the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer, who killed this girl who washed up. Right, right. It's a, it's a who done it done the strangest way possible. Absolutely, because then when you wrap it up, you have to go. See, it wasn't her father. It was a, it was a murder demon inside of her father that then jumped right, the Kyle right, McLaughlin. Right. Like when you get to the Bob stuff, which is where it, which is where I fucking, it, that was when my eyes glazed over and I was just in the mode, dude. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Totally. Um, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That just the first time. Uh, I mean, I know it takes a while before you get into the second season, but the first time you find out sort of how that's been working, it it's a mindfuck. Yeah, and when you yeah, uh, let's get into spoiler territory. I mean, we'll jump around. This is <clears throat> I'm, I'm I'm hoping that people listening to this episode are either fans of Twin Peaks or or they know enough about it to to enjoy it. Once you find out Leland, I mean, <sighs> I don't want to say Leland was the the ch like the obvious choice for killing Laura, but it, it certainly was one of the top three you would think from just a cast description. You know what I mean? 
rewatching that, it, it, it makes more sense. And I know that David Lynch has said on a number of occasions that he never intended on ever revealing who the killer was. I don't think that's true, though. I don't necessarily. I think he may have never intended on telling the audience. Oh, I agree. Leland. But I always thought he wrote, he knew it was Leland. The, him, the writers I, knew yeah, it was totally. Leland. Ray Wise might have even known. Like Leland's right. fucking They're, nuts in that show. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's he don't, he knows, he don't, some little M's, he don't, you know. <laughs> Achilles and Ivy too. Yeah. You? <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's like I David Lynch may have never really, uh, you know, flat out wanted to say it. But I think from the second the camera rolled, he knew it was Laura's Well, we should say, there, there, he also shot, this was a backdoor pilot for a movie originally, and he shot it uh, as such, and then the European market, it aired as a full story. You found out who killed Laura within an hour and 30 minute pilot, I'm going to say. Yeah, there's and, like the la- there's, they shot an extra 10 yes, minutes to close it up. It's literally just Bob as Bob, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like some random dude with gray long hair that didn't really have a part in the story wound up being the killer. You know, because at that point, I don't think that he had fully visualized how he was going to uh, put the two together. I agree with you. And I think the Bob and Mike stroke is probably what makes that show, elevates that show on my level because it adds such a fucking mythology that you're like, yo, they could do Twin Peaks in any time period. They could continue the story. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely, and, and then the, the the time period is is so crucial to the story itself. Because I mean, it's set in '89, it aired in 1990, but you could watch it and it could be at any time frame. Totally, and I mean, to a modern audience, it it feels older than that. To me, it always felt like a show set in the '50s almost. It's this weird, quirky. It's all the nostalgia stuff. It's the diner and the cars and some of the wardrobe. And, like, Bobby Briggs is a fucking greaser. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think people who watched it for the first time when it originally aired probably felt the same way. Thought it was period, yeah. That's amazing exactly. that a show can feel that like that over a course of two decades. Yeah, and you watch it again, and it doesn't feel any more dated than it did 20 years ago. It feels just as dated. Did you, know? you watch it during the original run or no? I did not. I was 11. Okay, so I that was, would have been a I bit was, too young, right? Yeah, I was super aware of it because you could not turn around during that first season and not hear something about it. See, and even I like remember vaguely seeing like a, something about Laura Palmer when I was a kid, but not having any connection. But though, when I saw the DVD cover, I was like, I've seen that chick before in the tiara. I just didn't know from where. That little prom photo is just iconic. Absolutely, it's, yeah. I remember that from, from when I was young, and I remember flipping the show on once or twice just out of curiosity because I would always see you know promo ads and magazine ads. But like within seconds, I'm like, this is boring. It's for old people, <laughs> you know. And it, it didn't it didn't strike me to go back to and that, it. And that's to say, even today, I mean, I've shown I've 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 like this thing I've turned like twenty or so people onto Twin Peaks in my day. But he, out of those twenty people, like almost all of them, it takes it takes like a good three hours, maybe four episodes, till you really get into it. It's a very slow burn, and people don't really know what they're looking at for a while. Absolutely, because and that's the other weird thing we should we should say it's it's half. It's shot like a murder mystery kind of procedural-ish show, almost like an X. Almost, almost like yeah, an almost X sort of film noirish. Yes, you know, meets a weird, kitschy, tongue-in-cheek parody of like American small town values, and that's the, that's why it's confusing to watch because you got an FBI agent 
And then it goes to some quirky shit about like a lady with Drake. You know what I mean? There's so much. Oh, exactly. Exactly. There's so much weird comedy in Twin Peaks that you don't know. You don't know what's supposed to be funny and what's just supposed to be weird and Lynchian. And I and it still blows my mind to this day that you watched that first season, and I, I don't know how it caught on as heavy as it did. Oh, my God, was, yeah. Well, Kyle McLaughlin was, was a hot actor at that point, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he had a lot of success, I mean, Dune didn't really do what it was supposed to do, but, I mean, Blue Velvet got a lot of Oscar buzz at the time. So, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Brad Pitt or anything, but he was really well-known. He was, he was pretty a name. recognizable. Lara Flynn you Boyle know? had done a few big things at that point, I think, right? Or was was this one of her first works? Rolls. She'd done a couple of things, but this was what sort of broke her. Same with kind of uh, Sherilyn Finn, who never kind of who got never came, who never got broken after. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's like this was she was you know the sexy starlet that got all kinds of heat from the show. Well, I was I, nothing ever followed. I was it, talking. You know? I was talking again. I was talking to my mom today because that's my only friend. Uh, <laughs> my dad too. But um, out of the actors on Twin Peaks, the only ones who you can name maybe. My mom knew like four names. I'd say most people would know maybe five names if pushed and lucky out of like a 30 name ensemble cast. So even though this show was the biggest pop culture phenomenon in television history and even though it captivated a country for a year, no one got famous out of it. No, no, it burned so fucking bright for such a small period of time. Totally. I mean, the people who were famous on it were already famous before and it didn't make a single name Twin Peaks now that I think about it. And you know what? The only people that really are still doing a lot, and I, when I say a lot, I sort of mean on a, a smaller scale. Kyle McLaughlin has never really left the public eye, but never really got to be. No, Showgirls you know, was the last thing that was of any merit. Right, right. And he pops up on like successful TV shows, Sex and the City, time. and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, he's not, you know, a list number one. No, and absolutely then, uh, not. And then Lara Flynn uh, Boyle had a weird fizzle out too. Yeah, it's like the, the the thing that people seem to remember her most for is, you know, maybe five minutes in Wayne's World. And fucking Jack Nicholson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that brief relationship when you saw her courtside at a lake. Totally. Game. I think that's what she's <laughs> most remembered for and how fucking skinny, exactly. how skinny she is and shit. And then you got, like, Piper Laurie and Peggy Lipton. Like, they were famous before, but they were older actors. You know what I mean? They were. They were. It's like I think this was sort of meant to be their second second wave totally and then ray wise ray wise who has had a solid character acting career is by far from a fucking household name so no one out of this show broke and i mean you would think if anyone would it would it would kind of be uh laura what's her name um cheryl lee but but i don't think she ever did anything after a uh, little bit, not a whole lot. I mean, about as much as everybody else. I mean, she would pop up on on shows here and there. I, my my wife was watching uh, reruns of One Tree Hill, and, and, and that's yeah, cool. She, Laura and Laura Palmer pops up. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of funny about that show because I guess a cast member of that show is the woman who played um, the Laura Flynn Boyle character in Firewalk with Me. The one who takes her top off in a bar in a dance club arbitrarily. Yeah, Muir Kelly. Okay, right on. The, one, the run who replaced the Donna character was once again paired up with, with Laura Palmer, but they never shared any scenes. No, so. we're going to talk about Firewalk with me, which which even for a Twin Peaks fan, like the Japanese love it. Uh, I'm not so huge on it. 
You know, and that's a big dividing line. Um, why aren't you huge on it? Just out of curiosity. It's it's like okay. So twin. I, I love I love a lot of David Lynch. I love Mulholland Drive. I I I, I like Dune and Blue Velvet. I'm not going to say love on those. Um, the Straight Story and like uh, Elephant Man, all the all that fun stuff. However, Twin Peaks is I think the most restrained he's ever been outside of like Straight Story and the, and the normal shit, like. Firewalk, okay, as opposed to Firewalk with me, which was pure Lynch art film weirdness nonsense in my mind. <laughs> uh, with the lack of humor, did that upset you? It's the lack of humor. It's how like sexed up and how dirty and and like this weird that red fucking the red color palette and like. I just watched, keep in mind I watched it after the show, so it was like, I love all these characters. Oh, let's forget about all of them and bring in fucking Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm on the totally other end of the, the spectrum. So you like Firewalk with me? I, I love it. Okay. I, abs- I absolutely love it. And For what reason? Okay, please, please. Um, <laughs> there was, yeah, you're absolutely right. There was a, a lot of the quirky humor that people really enjoyed with the series was gone. It was just really depressing. It felt like one razor drag, one two-hour razor drag across the wrist or something. You know what I mean? Which, it was... No, I got you. But that makes perfect sense to me because there was no quirky humor in Laura Palmer's life. Totally. And that being said, you're right. Maybe I should rewatch it. We didn't get Laura's story on the show. I mean, we got it from everyone else but her, so we get to see the night exactly. and all that so fun when stuff. You, when you finally get that opportunity to sit down for two hours and find out firsthand the, the shit's not going to be funny yeah you know what yeah, you I, know, I, for some reason in my mind i'm think i'm going to the it's almost more horrific if you don't see them i don't know i don't i don't know <laughs> i i think it, i think they show a little too much in firewalk with me it's the shit like we didn't almost need to see how brutal it fucking was we already dealt with it for you know what i mean no no and that makes perfect sense and, and anybody who was a big fan of the show especially tonally I could see why they would not like Firewalk with me. It's like, uh, from a storytelling standpoint, you don't care that, that Laura's life was so awful. You want a little more of what you just watched on TV. Well, yeah, I'm, especially if you're watching it in, in a quick succession like that. But yeah, if you've, if you've become accustomed to it, it's a real bait and switch almost. It's like, it, you're right. It's like, they, you like Star Trek? We're going to make a fucking Star Trek movie that's a romantic comedy. Yeah, exactly. With exactly. music. Right. You know what I mean? It's just almost, it a, it's almost sense. a genre switch. Yeah, exactly. It, it really did. It, it completely shifted gears. But when you when you step back and think about, there was a real reason for that gear shift. Yeah, Laura never laughed. Never like Laura was not. Laura wouldn't have fit in that town, and that's why she she didn't fit, and that's why she was so popular and she was such an outcast and she was exactly. so alone was and so loved at the same time because she didn't fit in that town. I'll give you. All right, man. Hey, you're bringing me watch around. It, watch it one more time. And think about it through that spectrum. You're bringing me around. All right, so let's jump back. You first watched it at 20, about the same age as I did. Did you know who the killer was? I did. Unfortunately, oh, I did. Ah, see, I did not, man. I fucking looked out. I, I wished um, that I wouldn't, but I can honestly say, even knowing who it was, it really didn't... It didn't. It didn't kill it for me. I hear you. No, I definitely hear you. And I, I don't think... And other people who have, who have known and watched it say the same thing, but for me... I got the fun of being like, oh, it's fucking Leo. Oh, no, no, wait, it's Bobby. Wait, no, now it's Harold Smith. And I felt it was Harold Smith right before, like, I was like, that dude is too weird to be on this fucking show. Too weird to be on Twin Peaks? Uh, he's the weirdest character. <laughs> he's the weirdest character on that show by far. Like, he can't breathe. He can't, like... Uh, he without, Trump's Nadine for you? What? 
he trumps Nadine for you? Oh, Nadine. On, on weirdest character? Nadine's pretty fucking awesome, but Nadine's got a kind of genius to her, man. Hey, I still want those curtain fucking electric things. That would be great. It would be really good. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't, I, I kind of thought, like, okay, it's either, a fa- the father makes, makes a great fucking murderer, so it, there was always there in my mind that it was Leland. And as a, I never had an aha moment, though, and I don't think there is one per se, where, where they go, where they lead you to believe, like, it's Leland early. You know what I mean? Right. No. And uh, there's little little signifiers that y- you'll miss if you don't know it. But I remember that I, the only reason that I knew it was who it was, and it, it was very indirect, it was one of those few times that I turned the show on when it was originally on when I was a kid, was it was the scene where Leland had Maddie's body in his trunk. Okay. And he goes around to the trunk to show Cooper one of his golf clubs. Yeah, yeah. So you knew right there that he was the bad guy. I saw that, and I'm like, well, that's the bad guy. I, I mean, he also looks father. like Ray Wise. I was like, if that oh, ain't exactly. the bad guy, there's an evil person yeah. in that town. That Like, there's another murderer in Twin Beaks that no one's investigated. <laughs> I thought but it was some kind of Horn Leland conspiracy thing. You know what I mean? And see, I just finished um, The Secret Diary of uh, Laura Palmer. Which is the um, book that uh, David Lynch's daughter wrote, right? Yeah, she did. They They enlisted her to write it, and it's... if If... If you had, if you didn't like Firewalk with me, don't you're gonna want to stay. You're gonna want to stay away from this book. Is it just miserable, like sex stuff, and then like Bobby fucking? I don't love Bobby. I don't love anyone. Like fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's oh man, it's it's a real. Quick it's the Doctor Jaco- about- It's the Doctor Jacoby tapes on in, in written form, but worse. It's I could skip brutal. that. I could skip yeah, that. Yeah, you could you could probably go away from that. It's a nice companion piece to Firewalk with me, but you do not need it to enjoy the show. That's what at I all. think. I think Lynch probably Lynch years later is probably happier with the weird darker elements whereas I'm happier with like how fucking it's it's downright quirky. I'll go like it's right. a show about a murder of a young girl and it's quirky. <laughs> oh yeah, no. There's the, fish the in the coffee and there's owl ladies and there's fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, when when you're dealing with a show about a a well-to-do 17-year-old girl being brutally murdered and there's any humor involved, that's strange to begin with. And there's humor right off the bat. Like Pete like for for I mean first Kyle McLaughlin line is fucking hilarious just because of his delivery too. We should talk about that. Like Kyle oh, McLaughlin yeah. is is amazing on Twin Peaks. Now, I've never been a huge fan of anything else he's done. But but that is such a fucking iconic performance and such a interesting delivery choice. No, and I, I think that all his work with David Lynch Pryor really sort of kind of uh, <clears throat> got him into the mode that he knew what David Lynch probably wanted, and he wanted this super quirky, thumbs-up, cheery, smiley guy, you know. Because without, so without Cooper, the show's not the same at all. I mean, you can remove other people, and, and that's not the same case. Like, you need – because he's, he's not like them, you know what I mean? No, the, the the FBI agent with all the weird idiosyncrasies is, is sort of what links everything else together. Absolutely, I'll give you that. And so, but but that being said, so so do all like uh, the whole police department in that show is fucking amazing. We should say every single member of it. <laughs> you know what? I love Hawk. Andy, I love Hawk. Dude, I love Hawk. Like Hawk's my favorite. I watch that show now, and I'm like, why the fuck wasn't Hawk sheriff? Well, you knew that Hawk was fucking chicks. Like, you knew that Hawk, Hawk was like um, uh, John Redcorn on fucking uh, 
<laughs> King of the Hill. Hill. That's how I always looked at him. Like he was like the pimp. Like he was smoking weed. He was fucking running around town. He was like crazy white man have a murder mystery. You know what I mean? <laughs> they'd send him out to look for somebody, and he'd find him in five minutes, and then he'd spend the other two hours picking up chicks. At totally, the, uh, roadhouse. totally, man. He he was well. He was a roadhouse boy, right? Yeah, yeah. He was a bookhouse boy. I mean, a bookhouse boy. He was part of the gang. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Harry S. Truman. While while I love the character name, he gets kind of like you're like all right, on Keen. It's just a. At the he's not. I feel like he's not friendly enough to the whole fucking procedure. You know, it, and that's a character to me that I gradually uh, start to dislike. He's a little too bit more skeptical, more. man. Like, you know After, what I mean? Yeah. At first, he strikes me as like a real sort of take charge. I, I get why this guy is the sheriff, but then the more and more I go back and watch the series, I'm like, this fucking guy didn't know much. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me let me just. I mean, there's so many fucking characters in the show. I don't want to name any of them, but I'll single out the ones that I like. Uh, Gordon Cole, obviously. David Lynch with Def David yeah. Lynch is the greatest fucking walk-on uh, director. Other than and that uh, happened by accident, actually. Did they? Yeah, um, they hired someone else, right? They did. The the um the speaker box in uh, season one where uh, Kyle or I'm sorry, Dale is checking in with. Uh, you know, his superior. Oh, that's right. He had to ADR his, he ADR'd his voiceover, the voicemail, right? Yeah. David, yeah, David Lynch just decided to do it. They were going to fix it later. They never fixed it. So when it came time to show a girl in Cole, he's like, well, he sounds like me. I guess I'll do it. No, it's so great, man. Um, Leo is a fucking monster and I hate him, but Leo in a party hat with a, is one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> Leo Stein. Yeah, Leo Stein. Yeah. <laughs> or party, or party Leo. How did you feel about what ended up happening with him? It's like, I really felt that when they did that, they made him such a fucking bastard in the first season that they wanted to just make this guy get his comeuppance over and over and over again. Did you feel any pity towards Leo no, towards the end of the second all. season? Not at all. Not at all? I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that Bobby was doing it to him because I never, I fucking hate Bobby too. However, on like a bad guy scale, fuck Leo. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I've talked to so many people who have watched that show, and they're like, oh, man, poor Leo. And I'm like, just think about 10, 15 episodes ago, I mean, you're Leo, not going to think poor Leo. Leo Leo was there when Laura got killed, right? Uh, he'd left. He'd left the room. It was Leo, Jacques, and and, and uh, Leland, right? Or, it was, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo and Jacques had left. That's what it was. But they were implicit. Like, they knew they knew that fucked up shit was going down. Then Leo was not a nice guy, so whatever happened to no, him... No, 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 no. Not at all. Don't don't get me wrong. That, I, I was that, totally cool with uh, whatever happened to Leo. Um, but they, they, they spent so much time just knocking him down, and then especially when they got to uh, the Wyndham Earl, and he had the shot collar and the box of tarantulas. And they spent so much time... I mean, you're they, right. With the Wyndham Earl shit, he became kind, it, it became kind of silly how, what they were doing to fucking Leo by that point. Oh, very, very, very. I, I, I honestly just wish that when he was shot at the season finale of the first season, just... They should have just killed him. Yeah, once once you go to the party hat, fuck in front of him, like all that fun shit. I don't know that, that you. Yeah, that's a much bigger payoff. This guy who's been slapping his wife around for the last seven episodes ends up getting shot because of his crooked dealings, and he's dead and gone. Let's move on. No, absolutely, man. Who are your favorite? Who are some of your favorite characters? Shelly, number one. <laughs> I love of course. Shelley. Even I'll give you this, man. I just watched that Psych reunion. Right. Right. Shelly's still looking good. 
Always. And see, I followed her around kind of here and there from show to show. She's gorgeous. I think she's a really good actress. She's one of the people that I think probably should have blown up from the show. And that's, is it Magicanamic or no, no? Yes. It is Magicanamic. Okay. She, see, and she's been in a few other things over the years. She's in a lot of shows that last one or two seasons. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you that. But like every, every once in a while, like she's someone who like, if you're into film or TV enough, you might know her name. Um, Big Ed, oh, Hur- yeah, Big Ed Hurley, dude. I like him a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Ed. I don't. I I fucking totally sympathize with him with the Nadine shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see the people under the stairs? I didn't. Is he in that? Uh, it's it's a funny Twin Peaks story. Um, Wes Craven was such a big fan of Norma and Ed. The, the married couple that he hired them to play the married couple and the people under the stairs. Oh, that's awesome. So if you, you know, you really like Twin Peaks, you want to see a little bit more, a little extension, go check out the people under the stairs. No, that's awesome, dude. If you think Ed and Nadine are nutty. <laughs> go see them in this other flake, people under the stairs. Yeah, because it just made them even nuttier. It was um, a lot of fun. Let's get into Mike and Bob a little bit. Now, for those of you who are just listening along because we're so fucking entertaining and don't know what Twin Peaks is, at one point, it's revealed that um, there's an evil force in the world named Bob, and we're told that from a guy named Mike. Mike right. knows Bob. Uh, <laughs> the best way, without because they don't really go, they don't really explain it. The best attempt I could put it at my words is that Mike and Bob are like two con. Well, Mike used to be with Bob, right? Right. They allegedly, when they were alive lived together over a convenience store. Okay. So Mike and Bob were two guys. So the one-armed man isn't the real Mike. I don't think he can be. Because he has to be possessed. See, it's weird because he's Mike in the hallucinations and in real life. Exactly. He's the only person that looks the same in both worlds. Totally. So so let's just for purposes say that um, there's this fat guy named Mike and this guy with greasy gray hair named Bob, and they were both alive at one point. They died somehow, and then they became like, I'm going to flat out say demons, right? I, I think that's the easiest way to describe it. I think in David Lynch's head, it might be more than that. Oh, totally. But but basically, they're like murder muses. Like, they latch on to hosts, and what you find out is that Bob latched on to Leland Palmer, Laura's father, when he was a kid, and that he grew up with this evil voice inside of his head. Right. Much like what ended up eventually happening to Laura. So Laura and ultimately to Dale at the very end of the exactly. series. Yeah, exactly. Um, had it gone on further, what do you think? What the fuck would have happened? Because and we'll we'll jump ahead right to the end of the second series now. So first series is about uh the death of Laura Palmer and who killed her. We find out it was Leland. Second series uh that wraps up pretty quickly on and it turns into this two storylines. Would you say the aliens and Linda Merle? You know, the aliens thing, I think, was... It's so fucking substantial, though, that you can't overlook it. Like, there's fucking aliens in the second season. You know, they really kind of... They, they backpedal on that pretty hard, though, because I mean, they... Okay, the blue, bit, the blue Book Project that... Uh, Bobby Briggs' but, father it was a, right. was a was an army general, Lieutenant Briggs or whatever, right? And they had... Um, he worked on a project with Wyndham Earl at different times. And we should say... Blue- yeah, called the Blue Book Project. Wyndham Earl is a serial killer that Dale Cooper has been chasing. And he was his original partner. And he was his, okay, see, I forgot that. That's an important fact. He was his original FBI partner. 
He had right, since, man. he was a mastermind genius. He had since become a serial killer and Cooper, like Cooper was on the Wyndham Earl case the entire time. He just took time off to find out who killed Laura, but that was his overlying thing. Right. Dale Cooper and Wyndham and Wyndham Earl were partners when Dale first entered the FBI. And from that point, Wyndham Earl, because of his brilliance, they put him on this blue book project and that eventually made him crazy. And the Blue Book Project, we found out, is that the... It, star- the, it started as aliens. They had but then it thing. went to Black Lodge. So what do the aliens have to do with the Black Lodge? They don't. There, they don't. There, there's, okay. actually, there's actually a scene in the second series where uh, Garland Briggs says, we had these pointed at space because we thought that's where we were receiving these transmissions. Okay. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get the, the, the alien thing. And they may have very well been going that direction. But he follows it up by, it turns out that these transmissions were not coming from outer space. They're coming from they the- were coming from the woods. Okay, and in the woods is... <sighs> oh, we should also say that throughout the entire series, Dale has been getting like dream messages from both this big giant guy, Lurch, <laughs> and he goes into this red room where there's a midget... Uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. What's the actor's name? Uh, Michael J. Anderson. Michael J. Anderson, who's amazing, is Samson on Carnival. And Carnival, yes, he is. And he's in an X Files app. He's a great actor. Um, yes, he is. He is ba- a backwards talking fellow who hangs out with a girl that looks suspiciously like Laura, and she knows who Laura is, but sometimes her arms bend back. Um,. <laughs> So they introduced this weird supernatural element. Now, at the jump ahead to the end of the series of second second season, Cooper finds Earl. There's been some murders. Uh, Earl takes Cooper's girlfriend and kidnaps her, brings her to the lodge, right? Yes. Okay. The lodge is, I don't know if it's a physical place in this world, is it? No. It's Okay, no. so they go into the woods, and then all of a sudden they walk into this building, and in the building is the Red Room. Right. Uh, and no matter where he goes, he winds up in the same room. Yeah, exactly. It's one hallway and run one room. And no matter where you go, that's all you're going to find. So it's like a metaphysical room in the middle of the woods that this great power source is coming from. Uh, Wyndham Earl has been tracking the power. He gets there. He, what he wants to kill. He sacrifice Cooper sacrifices himself. So it's sort of a vengeance plot on Wyndham Earl's thing. For some reason, Wyndham Earl thinks that if he can find a way into the Black Lodge, he can get his revenge on Dale because if he's got Dale's girl with him, Dale's going to come looking for him. And he does. <laughs> and he definitely does. And it works perfectly. And they figure out. And I think this is another another aspect of why people get kind of confused on the aliens thing is because, like, for some reason, it's the the Black Lodge is not located in the woods. It's where the opening to cross through dimensions is based on planetary alignment. Yes. <laughs> Which There's we so find out little... from the owl lady who's been watching the skies. Right. There's so many little things that deal with outer space, but they don't have anything to actually See, do with I, outer and I feel space, like the second you know? season gets very sci-fi, but it doesn't at all, and that's what's so <laughs> weird with the second season. So anyway... It's, it's, um... more, it's more of a planetary thing, where it's like the entire universe, our known universe, has to be in one spot at one time to make all to this make, shit alive. And the black room accessible. Uh, bla- the black lodge accessible. Um, right, right. They get in it, uh, Earl kills Cooper, uh, tries to sacrifice his soul, right? Tries to take his soul? He does, he does. He, he, Wyndham Earl is under the impression that if he can access the Black Lodge, he can sort of harness the power of the Black Lodge. Oh, yep. But from the second he gets in there, uh, Bob, 
and uh, you know the the little man from another place, and he, he finds out very quickly that just because I got in here doesn't I mean hope, you have that power. It, it does not mean shit. Bob basically says, "Just because you're here doesn't mean you can take a soul." Fuck you. Kills I'm taking, Earl. I'm taking yours. Yes. He kills, kills Earl. Earl. <laughs> then rewinds time. Yes. Then jumps into Cooper's body. Yes. We don't know that till the very last scene of Twin Peaks. Dale Cooper wakes up in his hotel bedroom asking after Annie. Annie, right? Yes. yes. Annie, his girlfriend. Uh, she's fine. She's recuperating. Everything's great. He has to go brush his teeth. He goes into the bathroom. He starts repeat. <sighs> How's Annie? Is that it? Yes. How's yes. Annie? Over and over he starts and over going, and over again. how's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? And then he starts smashing his face against the mirror till like blood comes out. And then we look in the mirror and see it's not really Dale Cooper. It's Bob. Our hero, Dale Cooper, has been possessed by the evil mur- mur- murder monster spirit. And then the show goes away forever. And the credits roll. And then, but, but, but we credits. find out there's going to be a movie. Yep. Nope. But it turns out it's a prequel. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? <sighs> What do you think that third season would have been? Would would Cooper have kept Bob in him? Obviously, Bob was was the bad guy of this show. Lynch was basically trying to say at that point. Oh, exactly. And I think the overall arc of the entire series is that good does not prevail. Uh, that's sort of what I kind of take away from. Okay, because it. it's a very fucking down ending. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> and there's there's so many ways to look at it. Um, uh, Mark Frost and David Lynch have flat out said they tried to cause as much peril as humanly possible in that final scene to sort of guarantee them a third season. And no, people were like, nope. Yeah, exactly. It's like they, they had the, the bank explosion that had uh, Pete and Audrey in it. They had the fight between... There were uh, so many fucking cliffhangers. There's, they, like, oh, eight, yeah, yeah. there's like eight cliffhangers in that last, in that last scene. <laughs> well, it worked for them the first time. The first series or season finale... They did a ton of cliffhangers because they didn't feel they were going to get the the second season because every episode of that was shot before any of it aired. Absolutely, they had, they had, it was a weird schedule. Like they tried to shoot it as a movie, and then they're like, "All right, fuck it, we'll shoot an entire TV show now." Exactly. So they just kept going and going and going. So they they never had the advent of knowing what a success the show was while they were filming. Uh, and they didn't. They also didn't know that Laura's story was the only one that people cared about. No, I, I see. I, I feel like they did know that was the big important one, but the, the networks got really kind of pushy. On there's other like there's a couple there's a couple beelines, and I'm not going to say you're droppable because I love this show, but like Jody, the mill and the fire and and fucking uh, um. There was definitely some un- unnecessary the shit. The insurance that, shit like, and all uh, that fucking uh, the, the Swedish fucking hotel developers, like almost the entire horn storyline. <clears throat> Which is why when you watch Firewalk with me, who's all, when the movie's entirely about Laura, there is no horns at all. Yeah, you're Ben's right. Not, yeah, you're, Ben's not there. Audrey's not there. Audrey's not even in the movie. Yeah, wasn't that because they couldn't get Charlotte and Fenn though, or do you think it was written that way? Um, I I've heard two different versions. I know that that uh, Benjamin Horn never had any scenes written that character at least. And I'd heard that Audrey Horn said she really wasn't interested. Whether that happened before or after a script was written, I don't think it's ever been, you know, made out. Or no, anything. yeah. Now, but, the, uh, now the, the elements that – the most iconic – let's talk about the most iconic things from the show. You got the owl lady. The log lady. Log lady. Excuse me. I call, yeah, I call yeah, it, yeah. kept calling her the owl lady. Log lady who carries around a log to all the town meetings. 
and uh, talks to owls. Who, who, what are the owls? Ah, see, it's so fucking, there's so much weird mysticism that's never explained. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like there's, there's, there's very little finite answers. Like every other David Lynch fucking movie, but. <laughs> exactly. It's, you, you find out more answers in this particular series than you do in an average David Lynch movie, but for every Oh, absolutely. Question, I mean, at least for every. Fun- for every one question that's answered, there's ten that aren't. Yeah, and and I hope there are answers for them. And I like to think that there are that Lynch doesn't do shit arbitrarily like some other uh, television makers. I could fucking mention Lindelof, Cruz, Abrams. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because this was very like this was the first Lost. This was the first show of that kind. Event drama, serial, every episode cliffhanged. No, exactly. And that's kind of like earlier when we started the show, and I was saying this is kind of where new American TV drama started. But by the time we got to that last season, where it was just 20 minutes of fucking weirdness in the Black Lodge. <laughs> well, a lot of people it, like to say that the show ended because we found out who killed Laura. I, I think that, I personally think that's true. I don't know where the fuck you could have went with that show after that. No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I think there are places that you could have gone. But I don't think they went the right way. No, and and where do you think they could have gone with it? Kept it? I mean, wh- why was Cooper staying in Twin Peaks? Um, man, see, it, it's I because that's always kind of like yeah, Wyndham Earl came. Like it, it seems kind of convenient that Cooper has to stick around. No, and see, they they set that up a little bit because they were kind of going with the I you know when he went and looked at properties and he oh yeah oh he loved it there he was gonna, he was going to move there forever I, I love it here I'm just going to stay and then. I don't know. They just got so sidetracked with unnecessary, shitty beelines. And that's, it's a show of beelines. Every character on that show has a B story. I mean, and, and in the, the first season too. I'm sorry, go ahead. In the first season too, and it doesn't, it doesn't harm the show because everything still supports this mystery of Laura. The more we no, find out about everyone in the beelines, it, it leads us to further in the total mystery. Exactly. As soon as we got into beelines that did not intersect with Laura's story anywhere at all, those are the ones that should be eliminated. Totally. And 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 that's why the show ultimately went downhill. Now, do you like Maddie? I was okay with that. The first time I saw that, I was a little bit sketchy because I thought maybe the, the, the they were going to pull sort of an evil twin type now, thing. Maddie is uh, Madeline Pryor? No, that's an X-Men character. Yeah, uh, uh, Ferguson. Madeline Ferguson, Madeline Ferguson is Laura's cousin who is her. It's it's Cheryl Lee. It's the same fucking actress. So I they, same actress playing both characters. Playing right. both characters. So it's like a weird Patty Duke thing. Except yeah, because they were cousins on Patty Duke. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's exactly Patty Duke. Identical cousins. Like I don't except think that Madeline happens was in four nature. Year, four years older, and That's neither of them like hot dogs. No, no. But a, but a hot dog would make Leland lose control. Absolutely. Oh, Leland would go nuts. He would start singing his fucking song and all his hair would go gray. Exactly. Um, that last Leland scene is brutal. No, and I think I think that was made brutal very deliberately. I think that that scene was probably shot out of spite because well, he was uh, yeah. very angry about having to film that, make a decision and finally show everybody. So it was it it almost seemed like okay, you really want to know who the killer is? Watch this. So while I never sympathize with Leo, I am totally fucking sympathizing with Leland at the end. Yeah, especially when you get to that scene where he's he's in the 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 police interrogation. That's what I mean. The jail cell when he starts when when it's when he starts fucking my daughter. I killed my daughter. And he starts banging his head. Oh yeah, yeah. Wall. His de- his death scene is just 
painful painful like one of the worst in fucking in like in like movie or tv history it, it, and that's the thing this is a character who this is a guy who murdered and, and had sex with his daughter and yet lynch makes you like that's hard it's horrific you you do feel sympathy for absolutely who for uh, however long you, like you just said uh, end up murdering and raping his daughter you flash back and and it's and it's he's he's been this like since he was a kid he never had a fucking chance in life no, no, and I, that's that's what uh, probably the only real good thing about the uh, the secret diary of Laura Palmer is that you see that Laura had been going through from the exact same age the same thing. Laura had Bob and her also, but she was managing to stop it by she tried. Yeah, she tried to fight it off, but from the exact same age that Laura started getting visits from Bob, that's the same age that Leland started getting visits from Bob. And as to where Laura sort of fought him off as much as she possibly could to where it eventually killed her, uh, Leland just accepted it. Yeah. And it overtook him. It's crazy, man. I love that fucking... Is the full rhyme in Firewalk with me or the show? I'm sorry, say that again? Is the full Firewalk... Oh, it's in, it's in the movie, right? The Firewalk with me rhyme? Bob's fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in both, yeah. yeah. What is it? You... Do you know it by heart? It's... Uh, I, I don't know, but I ought to know it by heart. Here's my guesstimate on it. In the in the days of ancient past, the magicians long to see one chance out between two worlds, Firewalk with me. You think you've no, got you... me, but I'll catch you with my death bag. <laughs> yeah, death bag. You got it. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Um... So the show ended second season and had a weird little tidy wrap up, and then the movie came out, which we already got into Firewalk with me, uh, which I got to go back and and watch, I guess, without as much not looking. Try for to any try to sort of forget a, when you watch it. Try to sort of forget about the show. Okay, just kind of think about the the one character, and because I think that was a, a I think that was one of the reasons the movie didn't do as well is because there were so many characters that people expected to see. But None of did. them, right? Because very, is James, very little. Is James in it? Uh, yeah, he sort of has to be. Okay, yeah, she you're was, right. She was in that relationship with him right up until the very end. She was with him that uh, night. Yeah, um, and, and Donna. Harold Smith Donna. is it. Harold Smith is in it. Right, Harold Smith was in it. You know, people that were basically directly a part of her life. Um, when it got to Harold Smith, dude, it was like, okay, she's fucking two fucking dudes in the high school, let alone who knows how else. She's almost fucking her psychologist, and then she's torturing this poor, like, asthma fucking weirdo who never leaves his house. <laughs> that was when I was like, Laura's a bitch, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, but she was a bitch because of the Because torment. of Bob, yeah. The, yeah. the, the abuse it was Bob. I mean, no. and she was in a lot of the same boat that Leland was in. Absolutely. Now the fan base, the show aired twenty years ago, and yet it is still by it is still definitely a thriving fan base. Do you know anything about the the current state of it, man? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the, one of the big things that got me to rewatch it this last time was there's there's a, a podcast out called the the Twin Peaks podcast that they kind of go through and they don't mention it. other fucking podcasts on my show. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm not I'm a kidding. part of no, it. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, go ahead. But they go through and they sort of dissect each episode by episode. That's, like, currently going on. Uh, there was a Twin Peaks festival that just ended in the U.K. like uh, two, three weeks ago. And, they, and they've and they done it in America, too. There's a Twin Peaks fest, and um, it's a convention. Is it? Where is it? Do they have it in Washington? 
Um, I don't know. I know. I know. There's there's actually uh, different ones throughout the country of varying sizes. I've I've heard of uh, there's in the past. Yep, North Bend. The, I'm looking on there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the special features that are on the the big gold box uh, DVD actually have. There's uh, a great. Yeah, I have that same set. There's a great uh, like little 15 minute documentary about the festival. Exactly. Exactly. So, People yeah, they, dress they, up and they do trivia contests and they get they costume contests. Totally, and they get celebrity uh, in quotation from the show. Oh, exactly. But it's it's, like, o- uh, it's always just what's her name? Um, the, the receptionist from the police office. There, yeah, yeah, Lucy. Yeah, it's she's, just, al- she's always there. Lucy's always there. Um, who else have they gotten? A few. They've gotten. Um, I've seen footage of ones that have had Ray Wise, uh, Leland uh, Horn, uh, Horn's wife. I saw there. Yeah, which, which uh, was like Palmer. right on. All right, you got to reach for that one. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Wise is like a get. Oh my god, you're at a Twin Peaks fest and Ray Wise comes, you can fucking close it down. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, to Twin Peaks fans, I'm sure he hasn't guy, made that mistake too many times. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, to, I mean, to Twin Peaks fans, Ray Wise is a list. Oh yeah, yeah totally. See, you see him pop up on a TV show, which you, you still do from time to time. Yeah, he was in yeah, Reaper. Reaper and Dollhouse. I mean, he's he's that guy will get me to turn the TV show on. Yeah, me too. I love Ray Wise. I, like Ray Wise is on, so I'm gonna watch it. However, I mean, because of the Leland connection, he's always evil. Yeah, he. I've never seen him play a good guy. Never once. And I always, as, as second I see him, it's like Dennis Hopper. Like I love Dennis Hopper too. But if you see Dennis Hopper and if you see Dennis Hopper in real life, run because he's a bad guy. Oh yeah, definitely. Certain people yeah. are just fucking bad guys. Ray Wise and is even a bad when, guy. And even Ray Wise, even when he's not playing flat out evil, he's still an asshole. Yeah, and he's creepy and he's fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He may not be a killer, but you don't want to be anywhere near him. Have you ever would you ever rock one of the festivals, dude? No, never. Never. I'd like to one of these days, but that's uh that's a little further than I can do. You're not gonna go three thousand miles, four thousand miles across the country to, to talk about a TV show that aired twenty years ago? Probably not, no. But we could talk about it on a podcast. Uh, that's, that's perfect. I can do that from my own office. So, uh, Diary, like, how, how, how do you think they'll keep this going, man? Because it is 20 fucking plus years. How does the Twin Beaks brand live on in your mind? I've got my own finite ending in my head because I've decided that there's not going to be any more. But there's a lot of people that still hold on to... Um, that one dream sequence where Laura whispers to Dale and says, I'll see you in 25 years. So you think, did that mean Dale was going to die in 25 years? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's I, what I would read that as. There is one train of thought that says, okay, that's when he's going to die. There's another train of thought that says that's when he's finally going to get out of the Black Lodge. Because keep in mind, in the Twin Peaks world, we never saw the actual Dale. No, Dale is still in the Black Lodge when it's Bob takes over Black his Lodge. body. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are just holding on hope that in 25 years there's going to be some sequel movie or something like that. But as far as I'm concerned... Kyle McLaughlin will be 75 years old. <laughs> it's over. You know, um, I, comic books, man. Hey, I know David Lynch won't fucking do it, but like that's that's been a viable way to sequelize other properties. Oh, yeah, Buffy, Angel, there's been a million of totally. them. Totally, like, who's to say that a Twin Peaks comic wouldn't be awesome? I think it would be great, but I... throw I, my I, hat in the ring right now. That's that's unfortunate. You know, I mean, listening. <laughs> there's so many ways it could go and so many different things they could do, but I just, I don't see it happening. <laughs> totally, man. 
Well, hey, this has been a lot of fun, bro. Uh, chatting, chatting peaks with you, dude. Um, yeah, I hope definitely. if, if anything, I hope some folks who are listening who have never gotten into the show before, A, are completely fucking spoiled on it now. But yeah, B, they are. I, I hope the second they heard us talk, they shut it off. We were joking. Went, show. It was a, it was back. a red herring, guys. We, we were wrong. We were lying all along. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very straightforward. There's nothing weird about it. No. Nope. Betty White shows up at one nope. point. Laura killed herself, incidentally. Yes. That's what you find out. And, uh, no aliens at all. Um, but I do hope we've inspired some people to check out the show or maybe revisit their love for it. Cause again, two decades, you can make a lot of babies in those years. So that's some time. Um, is there anything you want to plug, sir, anywhere we can find you on the interwebs? Oh yeah, definitely. I've got, I've got my own podcast, uh, called, uh, Tuesday Night Hoot Nanny. Very cool. I've lucked out. I knew you did, dude, because I've lucked out like four times now with the experts. Everyone, everyone who's, re- uh, who's, um, done this with me so far. After the show, they're like, yeah, I have my own podcast. I'm like, oh, that's why you were good at talking. <laughs> I got a little bit of practice. But, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Podomatic, Podfeed. You just Google Tuesday Night Hootenanny, you'll find me. Tuesday Night Hootenanny. What do you guys talk about on there? We're not much different than your show, man. It's uh, current events, comic books, TV shows, movies, you name it. But on Tuesday night? No, that's the funny thing. Whoa. Yeah, crazy, huh? We broadcast live uh, through Ustream on Wednesday, and then you can download it, you know, from fifteen different places the next day. So, so why the uh, why the misleading title there? Well, you got to go download episode four and find out. Oh, that's a fucking challenge! Someone <laughs> download episode four and email me why, because I'm I got I'm busy I'm busy man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll check it out, dude. And are you on Twitter, or Facebook, or any fun stuff like that? Uh, yeah, you can find the uh, Twitter. Uh, the Twitter pod, uh, what is that? Tuesday night pod. You'll find me real easy. Uh, Jeremy Corp on Facebook. Tuesday night who's nanny on Facebook. Very yeah. cool. And your child social security number, please. Uh, three. No, I'm kidding. Mother's maiden name. Mother's mother's preferred maiden name. Like if she could have picked a better one, what would it have been? Lynch. Lynch. All right. Very cool, man. What a way to <laughs> way to wrap it up. Uh, Jeremy Corp, ladies and gentlemen, our Twin Peaks expert. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Matt. Bagged and boarded. Sneak attack. What's going on, gang? Uh, I want to thank Jeremy for chatting with me about Twin Peaks. Fun times. I hope if you guys weren't fans, uh, now you might check the show out. My dog's saying he will. Um, if you were fans already, hope you dug the episode. To find more of me on the internet, please check out all the other bagged and boarded episodes. Uh, it's midnight every week, Saturday, live. 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific at smodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Cameltoad. Uh, Geek the Comic Book. We're kickstarting it this week, folks. Stay tuned on my Twitter for more updates. Cameltoadproductions.com. More stories. Team Jack. Um, fishing? Like the activity of fishing? I'm somehow involved with that now. The Moonwalk. Um, Three Ninjas Strike Back Part 2. And Penicillin. Uh, have a good week, guys. Bye. <laughs> Matt and Jesse watch lots of movies Get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies Bed and boarded, it's a way in life Tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your hoe, tell your wife Coming at you on a weekly basis Kicking up pod for your sexy faces These are two free kids you want to bone In the secret podcast bunker all alone On the internet, we'd be the top crooks We got issues and we only funny books Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.